Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone. Let's bring you up to date on the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers had a fumble. George Pickens, actually Buffalo challenged it. It was reversed to a fumble. Next play, touchdown Bills. Knox and Kincaid, both tight ends for Buffalo, have touchdowns 14-0 for Buffalo in the wild card game going on right now. It was moved to today. It was supposed to be played yesterday afternoon. Be Well, the governor of New York shut everything down, uh, travel everything, said we're moving the game to Monday. Here we are. A bill's up early on the Steelers. Well, let's get to the uh, texts that were coming in all day today. Um, How's that Cowboys fan on staff doing? The one that struts around after a win. How's his strut today from Brat? Can't wait to hear Britton Gray give excuses for them boys. Choke it. Another text saying, is Britton ready to eat crow at 4 o'clock, or is he still wiping the tears away? As a Niners fan, this is sweet. Yeah, it's time for football at 4. You're going to cry, 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 and you cry alone. A special introduction. For Britton Gray, here for football at 4. About them cowboys, Jamie. You're lucky I didn't take a page out of the Cowboys book and just not show up for work today, because <laughs> that's exactly what happened yesterday. Despicable. Are you eating crow? Are you going to make excuses after the Cowboys perform? That might be the most embarrassing loss in Cowboys history. A home playoff game, the number two seed. The number two seed, what, they're like 7-0 and or something over recent years, win yep. by an average of 25 points, and you get blown out by the youngest team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How, but, how you doing? You, 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 I feel like well, you have I, more I, to... I'm not crying. I will shed some tears if Mike McCarthy is brought back for another year because he should be gone because like every other big game in the Mike McCarthy era the Dallas Cowboys decided they didn't want to play football on that day. For some reason, Dak Prescott, I said it last week, I said at the beginning of the season, if they don't take another step forward, you need to have serious conversations about Dak Prescott and the ceiling you have under him. Now, it wasn't all on Dak yesterday because the defense out of nowhere just didn't want to cover anyone. The amount of wide open receivers Jordan Love was throwing to. Romeo Dobbs had like 180 yards and 150 of those were uncovered. Uh, like just wide open. It, it was it was disappointing. I wasn't even angry. I had I had texted the one group chat. I was like, I want them to score 50 on this team because <laughs> this Dallas Cowboys team is getting exactly what they deserve. Micah Parsons with his uh, podcast goes out, says, oh yeah, we're ready. I'm going to feast. Didn't do anything. He got he got two holding penalties called against him. So. Which, like, fun fact, it's like the first holding penalty. Like, they <laughs> refs do not call holding penalties on Micah Parsons, despite the fact he probably gets held three to five times every game, but they refuse to do it. Glad they did yesterday. But it's just a bunch of guys who like to talk the talk, beat up on some uh, really bad teams. Mm-hmm. And then when the games matter, huh? Eh, why do we need to show up for the Dallas Cowboys? Make money besides ourselves. 
So you want Mike gone? Are you you're saying goodbye to Dak too? Like I'm not can... saying goodbye to Dak, but you cannot give him another contract extension. He has to earn it by winning in the playoffs. Not Super Bowl or bust. Uh, NFC Championship game next year is okay. You need it... at least the NFC Championship game to consider it. You do, they took a step back this year, Jamie. He's two and five in the postseason, and they haven't been great. The one saving grace was that at least this year, Tony Pollard wasn't snapping the ball at center like they had Zeke doing last year. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyways, <laughs> so Bill, are you opening your arms to Bill Belichick and say, "Come on, Bill, come to America's team"? I I would be, I I would really like Bill Belichick there. I think. He would be good. He's not my top choice because I'm not sure if Bill without Tom Brady is it. Though, like, apparently this is a team that's built to win a Super Bowl, so we'll see. That's maybe all he needs. He just can't. Maybe he'll bring Mac Jones along, too, and continue that experiment. Doubt it. Nathan Rourke, maybe. Nathan Rourke. But they need someone in there to at least inspire these guys because it was just uninspiring football that was played. Bill, uh, Jim Harbaugh, who just finished interviewing for the uh, L.A. Chargers uh, job that just came out. He's a guy I have on top of my list. I still think Lincoln Riley would be a really, really good professional football coach, but he's kind of doing his own thing. The offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions is being looked at a lot. I I go more like that's newer blood, look at those types of things rather than Bill Belichick. So there's no crow. There's no excuses. There's nothing. That was Britton Gray needing a rant today. Because he's like all of us. When our team gets blown out when they're expected to win, he's one ticked off you-know-what today uh, here on the Green Zone. If you, you probably don't feel better. You're probably more frustrated or... About or what? Well, about well, your well, Cowboys. Like you just Sometimes when hey, I vent, I, I just it gets me ramped up even more. I saw, I saw a great comment posted on the internet about the Cowboys. It was like, for all the young Cowboy fans who got caught up in the hype... And the expectations, this is what Dallas Cowboys football really is. <laughs> Prepare yourself for a lot of this if you're going to be a fan of this team. But Britton Gray is also our Green Zone rider reporter, and there was some rider news uh, today to get to. That's coming up next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Green Zone alongside Green Zone rider reporter Britton Gray. You just need to vent earlier on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm glad we gave you the opportunity to vent because that was tough to watch. I can only imagine. That was like me watching the Super Bowl when the Raiders lost to the Buccaneers by 100. Just terrible. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills leading the Pittsburgh Steelers right now 14 to nothing. The Steelers are putting together their most impressive drive right now. Bills already out of challenges in the first quarter. We've already challenged twice, 1-1. Just lost one, although I think the call, I thought the call should have been flipped to a fumble recovery inbounds by the Buffalo Bills, but hey, it was close. But let's get to the Canadian Football League and let's get to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their news of the day is the new coaching staff has been announced to Britain from head coach Corey Mace, who, by the way, will be on the green zone at 535 uh, this afternoon to tell us more about the staff he's put together and a lot of familiar names uh, that many Ryder fans, I would dare say, probably cheered against in their time uh, as players in the Canadian Football League. But now 
are a member of uh, Corey Mace's staff. Yeah, that 2014 Stamps Grey Cup team has a lot of representation in this. Uh, what do we got? We got Corey. So let's go. Corey Mace was on that uh, team. Um, I believe Mark Mueller was coaching linebackers on yep. that team. Edwin Harrison was on that team. Mark Way McDaniel was on that team. Josh Bell was on that team. And was JC? I don't think JC no. Sherritt was on that team. So, but Sherritt won in uh, Edmonton. So a lot of Al- a lot of Alberta guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go. I think Markway McDaniel would be the biggest recognizable name as his player with a receiver with the Calgary stamp uh, between him and JC Sherritt. Right, JC Sherritt, yeah. really good defensive player. But yeah, Markway McDaniel, and this kind of goes to what uh, Craig Reynolds and Jeremy O'Day had mentioned a few years ago was they were trying to reach that kind of Calgary stability, right? Calgary was so good for so long. How do you replicate that sort of stability? Well, I guess you get the guys who are in Calgary for it and try and bring that culture over. And I mean, that's what it is with Corey Mason. It looks like that's what he's doing here. Well, and it's whenever it's, you get to a coaching staff, it's the connections, right? Yeah. Corey Mace worked with these guys in Calgary, maybe as a player or later as a coach, but also like Kyle Carson is the assistant general manager. He came over from the Calgary Stampeders. Um, so the, they know Kyle Carson mm-hmm. from his player personnel days with the Calgary Stampeders, and you have Mace and Mueller and Harrison and McDaniel and Josh Bell. So uh, J.C. Sherritt did spend some time on a Calgary coaching staff uh, with the linebackers in 2019 when Corey Mace was there. So that's what it is. It's about connections, and and it's a young a lot of these young. guys. There, there's some veteran coaches like Philip Daniels has been around, won a Super Bowl. Uh, back in the day, uh, but he was coaching and playing in the National Football League like in the 90s. Jeff Higgins has been around and coaching for 20-some years, but this is a pretty young, enthusiastic coaching staff I think Corey Mace has put together. Which is what you really need to do to kind of give that shot in the arm of adrenaline to this fan base, right? Bring some new ideas, some new faces, rather than kind of just recycling the, the same coaches as you kind of see in pro sports is just how it goes. So we'll see how they go. It, it's worked out some places. Like the LA Rams were a very young coaching staff at one point. Now they've evolved. So we'll have to see if the Riders and Corey Mace can evolve. Like like uh, this offseason, a lot of questions. How's, how is the coach going to be? What's this team going to look like? It's like we need to see a couple of yep. weeks first and before we can gauge exactly how this is going to work, how much they take on, who their coach is, and how seamlessly the culture changes because when we watched last season, you and I both think something, something went wrong in that locker room. Again, the culture and just the overall attitude of that team went wrong. How quickly does that turn around with some of these new guys they bring in and some of the veterans back Trevor Harris back in the locker room, I think is going to be a real key part of helping out this young coaching staff. And, and you know, younger coaches can connect a little uh, better with younger athletes. And um, But I, I like what Corey May said off uh, the get-go, which was he wasn't putting a timeline on it. People are like, well, how quick do you think the turnaround can be? He doesn't even know what players are on the roster. So he wasn't going to throw out any platitudes to make fans happy, say, oh, we can win a great cup in year one or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, who are my players? Who are my coaches? He didn't know that at the time. He was being a realist about the re- rebuild, and that's what I think players want is real. They, they don't want to be lied to or you know patted on the head. They, they and that, they want why? Why are we doing this? Okay, explain it to me. Let let me understand it as well. So uh, we'll see how the uh, coaching staff moves 
uh, forward here. But it's interesting, of course, because he's head coach and defensive coordinator. He's named Josh Bell and J.C. Sherritt uh, defensive pass game coordinator and defensive run game coordinator. So their jobs will be putting together the run defense and the pass defense because Corey will have a lot more going on uh, with his head coaching duties before he's calling the defensive plays on game day. So uh, Corey Mace again coming up at 535. Other CFL news, J.C. Sherritt. <laughs> Jake Ceresna. Uh, was traded to the Toronto Argonauts uh, for Curly Gittens Jr. and a draft pick, but also going to Toronto was a nag list player that they're not naming. And ah. Dave, Dave Naylor's out with a tweet saying, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Name the players. It's important, as he cited. At one time, Chad Kelly's negotiation rights were traded to the Toronto Argonauts, but it was one of the trades where they said, and a nag list player. They didn't name that it was Chad Kelly, quarterback of Ole Miss. So I know it'll come out sooner rather than later, but there's a trade in the Canadian Football League. And Three Down Nation has the details of Trevor Harris's pay cut. Not a big pay cut, mm. but it saves the team, what, about $30,000, $40,000. It, it lets you uh, give, give a little bit of a raise to those younger players who, who you probably maybe. On the edge of signing, it's now okay. We have an extra ten grand. Uh, Sean Bain Jr. Maybe right. He's mm-hmm. the kind of guy we're we're wondering about. Do they sign him? Jamal Morrow. There's a couple names out there they haven't signed, and this goes a little bit of a way towards giving you a little bit more room in signing some of those guys, or possibly making a play for a free agent like AJ Willette. His running backs coach is here now with Edwin Harrison from the Toronto Argonauts as the uh, O line coach, and I mean. Here in Alberta, Stampede Wrestling. AJ Willett likes his wrestling. <laughs> wrestling hotbed here. I'm just saying, AJ. Uh, yeah. Well, what was it? High Impact Wrestling that was in Regina for a few years? Or what's that now? High Impact Wrestling. You got opportunities on a Friday night. At, where, where are they doing it now? The Italian club or something? German club? So. I'm just saying, this, AJ Willett. That's my pitch to you. Wrestling hotbed. Britton Gray and producer Scott will be there ringside if he's wrestling in a Regina on a Friday night. You I know, Bret Hart won his first world title in Saskatoon. Might might be going a little bit too far. <laughs> Jamie Nye with you here on a Monday edition of the Green Zone as NFL Super Wild Card Weekend continues with the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This just happened. Josh steps up, and he's going to get the first down. Oh, and there he goes. No one's going to get him. Incredible breaks it for the touchdown. Josh Allen. 52-yarder for Josh Allen, runs it in, and the Steelers were down in goal and goal territory through an interception in the end zone at 14 to nothing. Next drive, Josh Allen takes off for 52, touchdown 21 to nothing. The Buffalo Bills leading the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Um, And with Mason Rudolph, a quarterback for the Steelers, don't like their chances. Uh, so they're having fun. All the snow in the world to throw around in uh, Buffalo right now. And they're having fun. A little later tonight, the wild card weekend wraps up with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
And the winner will play the Detroit Lions. Of course, a Buffalo, if they win, they host Kansas City. That puts a smile on my face. You remember going way back, that overtime game where Josh Allen didn't get a chance. They lost the coin flip. Chiefs go down, score, end of game. I didn't like the rule. They kind of changed the rule because of that. But I would love to see another Mahomes versus Josh Allen playoff game. It looks right now we are going to get it. Uh, so, And we know it's the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, they are heading to San Francisco and the Houston Texans after a big win. Uh, they get the Baltimore Ravens on divisional weekend next week in the NFL. But right now it's time to drop the gloves. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It's time to drop the gloves. We're losing! They're burying us alive! But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Let's talk some hockey right now here on the Green Zone. Of course, no Drew Romanda today. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are flying out of Buffalo I can't believe the Canucks got out of Buffalo and the Sharks got into Buffalo to play some hockey over the last, you know, 24 hours. But it happened and it worked. But there are some stories over the weekend in the National Hockey League. The Edmonton Oilers breaking a franchise record with their 10th straight win. Never happened before. As John Muckler once said, because you think back to the 80s, and those Edmonton Oilers teams, and how did they, they never won 10 straight? John Muckler famously quote, was quoted on that, saying that's because they couldn't go 10 straight without finding a party. So maybe played guilty a few nights uh, for those boys on the bus days in Edmonton in the 80s and 90s. But the Edmonton Oilers are doing what we thought they would do at the start of the season. We thought they'd be one of the best teams in hockey, and they're proving to be, and they continue to climb. I just hope the Vegas Golden Knights stay out of first because I don't want the Canucks to take on the Oilers in round one. And it's not because I'm scared of the Edmonton Oilers. It's because I want the chance to see the Oilers and the Canucks in round two in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oilers and Canucks can knock out Vegas. Wheels will have to be quiet, and we'll all go on nice in our life knowing that a Canadian team will be in the Western Conference Final. Maybe two with the Winnipeg Jets. But there was another story in hockey that grabbed a lot of attention, and it happened yesterday in Newfoundland and Labrador. As a 47-year-old, Terry Ryan suited up in the East Coast Hockey League, Newfoundland Growlers, and his story is an interesting one. It goes back, he was a high pick, high prospect in the Montreal Canadiens, and it did not work out. He has been out of professional hockey for 20 years. He actually skates with the team. He has some buddies that run the team, are helping coach the team in Newfoundland. He's a Newfoundlander. So he's around. He skates with the team and all that stuff. He plays. He's been playing senior hockey uh, still up until about a few years ago. But Terry Ryan has also been known in other roles. You might know Terry Ryan from Shorzy. Of course, spinoff from he was the Newfoundland trash talker on Letterkenny. But now a regular on Shorzy. 
And there he was getting a call on Saturday night. And it sounds like on George Street in St. John's to go play some hockey. I was celebrating my birthday, which is today, but um, I figured Saturday night was better than Sunday. I came to watch this game yesterday because, well, I watch a lot of Growlers games, but some of the guys on that team are my best buddies, right? They, we go back a long time. Zach, Jordy, Marcus, you know, um, geez, Adam Daw, uh, Meller. So now again, I still didn't see this coming. I was out. I was literally sitting at Blue on Water. My buddy Jason Brake's place went down. And to be quite honest with you, I never said it before, but I was probably five or six pints in. And Zach calls me. And I said, well, come on. Yeah, my birthday, whatever, April Fool's, click. And then Pards phoned. And I knew when Pards phoned, it's serious. I said, you tell me right now, because I'll go home. And I did. Pards said, I'm serious. I hailed a cab, went home. I'd say I drank four liters of water, had a bite to eat, and just... I went to sleep, tried to, it was broken sleep, very excited, and um, woke up and it was a reality. I, I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't a little bit more nervous than I let on. Um, yeah, I've played before, but we're talking, I was joking with the guys, you know, you get sent down for two weeks, but two decades is a little much. <laughs> so Terry Ryan, at 47 years old, uh, playing his first pro hockey game in 20-some years. But you watch the whole 13 minutes of his post-game news conference, and you come to see the joy of the man reliving a dream to play pro hockey that he thought was long gone. I didn't know what would happen, and after that first shift, I, you know, I didn't get out there for a while, and I, I would have been fine with that. It's a real honor yeah. to, to be my age and get to go out and, you know, just be, be part of it at all. I mean. This is up there with, just because of the odds of all this, it's up there with my first NHL game. And by, I don't know, but it's more unexpected and intriguing, just the way it went down. And, um, yeah, it's, sorry, my, uh, my daughter was there. She just hadn't seen me ever play pro. And, um, She's 13, and, you know, I just wanted to go out there. And I knew her and her friends were here, and I didn't want embarrassment. And I just kept thinking about it. And she's really, when she was born, my life just got so much better. I just, my pro career was even at that point almost a decade in the past. And I just didn't see this coming. And, you know, just look up and, and see her there and to hear the ovation. I never thought I'd hear that ovation again in my life. The ovation? Terry Ryan was never afraid to drop the mitts. The 47-year-old got in a fight in last night's hockey game. I, I didn't know if people were thinking, this guy's nearly 50 years old. Like, what are we doing? Is this a publicity stunt? I remember when I played in the American League and Gordie Howe came in. I think it was with Syracuse or Detroit Vipers, maybe. And, and you know, he had that one shift. And I think some people thought that it was a publicity stunt. But I wouldn't have done it if it was a publicity stunt. I skate, and I when. I got it here today. I said, Matt, like, if, if you want me to play, I'll, I'll play the way I always did. I, and that's really all I could do. And I, I wasn't planning on fighting. Obviously, I know that it's not as big a part of the game anymore. I'm fine with that. But still, I don't know. I turn around and my buddy, my teammate, has got his helmet off. I did a minor bit of homework on players. I knew that Walker mixes it up a bit. What do I have to lose? 
I'm supposed to lose that fight, right? It's like when I fought Taidomi when I was 18. Unless he kills me, people are going to go WTF. And I just figured, again, no plans on that. But I'm going to play the way I'm going to play, supposing I'm 60 or 20. Uh, Terry Ryan, a great story uh, from the Newfoundland Growlers playing pro hockey after 20 years, of course. You now know him more if you're watching Shorzy or Letterkenny uh, from those shows. But uh, there he was. And it's cool to hear him. He compares it to his, like, this might top his first game in the National Hockey League. Because as he explained, I was supposed to play in the I was a high draft pick in Montreal. I was supposed to do it. I wasn't supposed to do this. Now, why? They are undermanned. And it's a little difficult to get players quick to Newfoundland uh, to play. So you have Terry Ryan, who played in the National Hockey League, played a, long, a little bit, who's working out with the team, knows the guys. Matt Cook's the head coach uh, with the team. And, hey, we need a guy. Want to play? Sure. Let's go. Played a few shifts, including a fight last night. But, yeah. Timing is everything in this story, though. To get the call last night at 12.05 with five or six pints in me and who knows how many shooters, I just said to Zach, it's a good thing you didn't call me this morning. Thanks a lot for calling me last night because it would have been impossible. I know myself. I was on my way to the Georgetown pub to watch Tino Borges play, and I would have been there till close. There it is. Timing is everything. Our game of the night next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone, bringing you up to date on the Bills and the Steelers going on right now. 21-0 for the Buffalo Bills. Two touchdown passes and a 52-yard touchdown run by Josh Allen. But the Steelers just blocked a field goal by the Bills. Take over on the other side of half nearing the end of the first half uh, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, but the Bills have about uh, 32 minutes to try to close this out, and then they'll take on Kansas City in Buffalo next week. A spoiler alert, that's going to be my game of the week uh, for the uh, Bills and the Chiefs. But our game of the night uh, here on the Green Zone, I must say I hesitate to make it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles, but it is a playoff game and it is on Monday night football. It's the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles who have been lost. They look absolutely lost over the last five weeks. They started the season 10 and one, 10 and one. They finished 11 and six. So that has been the Philadelphia season. Tampa Bay, they come out of the NFC South. Congratulations for winning the worst division in football, but gets them a home playoff game against Philadelphia tonight in Tampa. So there's your game of the night for the conclusion. And we know the winner will be heading to Detroit against the Lions, which is so far the game of the week. There's This is now the fourth out of five games that has been pretty well a blowout on Super Wild Card Weekend. Thank you to the Rams and the Lions, uh, by the way, for making a game of it last night. More coming up here on the Green Zone. Of course, Belton Johnson will assess the damage after the weekend, and it'll be about perfect timing to have Belton on. It'll be about like our halftime show with Belton Johnson for the Bills 
and the Steelers. Also recap uh, what he saw out in Moose Jaw that busy weekend uh, with the battle on the prairies with the SAS Selects team hosting all the athletes from uh, California, Boston, Alberta uh, this past weekend uh, with SAS Selects football. And Corey Mace will be coming up in the next hour of the Green Zone, the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, to talk about his coaching staff uh, that he announced earlier today.